Sunday, and welcome to the Sunday version and the Sabbath version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today we are in Matthew 24 and 25. This is the precursor to the passion of the Christ. And so you can imagine that Jesus has a lot to say today. I hope you have a great Sabbath today. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and welcome again to the Daily Walk. Man, this is good stuff because there's a lot in here that I believe we often take out of context. I believe there's a lot in here that we look at and we default to certain scripted ideas and I think a lot of this just as Jesus was talking specifically for then he's also talking for future claims and we so often default to the rapture and uh, there's a big movie that came out about the rapture and Kirk Cameron made it called Left Behind and then there was another version come out uh, just a few years ago that was updated called Left Behind and you know it's when the rapture takes place and all God's people disappear and the world goes into chaos and those who thought they were going to make it were left behind and then they they go through the, the tribulation period. And, you know, literally, if we are not raptured, we will literally have to give our life for Christ to make it. We do want to go when Jesus calls. There's no doubt about that. But what I want to get to today is how a lot of this is misconstrued. And we'll get to that. So let's... Let's. Cause I'm not saying the rapture didn't isn't going to happen. I am not saying that. Let me put that out there right now. That I I truthfully know that and believe that's going to happen. What I'm going to allude to is that we all have a second coming. Okay, we all have a second coming. The return of Christ is definite for each one of us. Let me just leave it at that for now. Okay? So, in Matthew 24, Jesus starts talking about the temple because the, or about his return, about the future, because the uh, disciples are like wooed by how amazing the temple buildings were. The temple, and this is like not just the temple, but the temple, Herod's, Herod's temple. And Jesus is like, you know, you're wild over earthly things, but here's what I want to tell you. All these 
buildings are going to be demolished. Not one stone will be left because they'll all be toppled, you know. And that happens. All that gets demolished and it all gets ran down because, you know, they end up the end of the Roman Empire happens eventually, right? God, Jesus knows he is God in the flesh, right? And so that leads him to tell them about his, about what's coming. And he says, many's going to come in my name and they're going to say they're the Messiah. They're going to be able to do many things, but don't let them deceive you. Because they're going to be able to do things. Now remember... There's all kinds of things out there that can do amazing and interesting things, all right? And if we don't know Jesus, we could be wowed by that. So what am I saying? Well, people that don't have a relationship with Christ, they go to different other entities to find answers that they want. Um, You know, where we used to live, Right there on one of the main roads was people that did card readings, tarot readings, palm readings, fortune tellers, and people actually put their money in that. Um, You know, people put their money in games of multi-games of chance with the lottery because they want to get rich quick and they... I mean, if you think about, you know, I worked at a Circle K one time, which was not really Circle K at the time. It was called Bigfoot on my days off from the helicopter. And what was really cool, or I I won't say cool, but what was interesting was I'm there. People don't know who I am, really. And the way they treat attendants there as if they're nothing was one of the things I noted. And it was a real humbling experience. But one thing that I noticed is how much money people will spend on a lottery. And I'm just thinking, man, what what could you have spent that money on? Because I know there was one little lady that would come in there and spend tons of money on that daily pick three and pick four game. I mean, tons. It's like a dollar a ticket, I think, if I remember. But, I mean, she would spend tons of money on that because she wouldn't buy one ticket. She would come in, and she'd have all these numbers, and she would rattle them all off, and she would spend tons of money buying all these tickets to try and hit that number. And I'm wondering, well, if you hit the number, are you going to make your money back? Because that's a lot of money. And, you know, it's just amazing. So we go to these things and we make them our God for the answers in our life. And so he's telling them they're going to do this. And he tell he says this, sin, sin will be rampant everywhere, you know, and love the love of many will grow cold. 
right? And here's something you might hear later today, especially if you tune into our church service uh, at Homestead Church or on Compassion Church on Facebook. It's online.entity. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So if we can just hold on and believe, you know, that our God is greater, then we'll be okay. And so God, Jesus goes on and talks about how bad it's going to be and how bad things are going to get and, and, you know, I'm going to talk about this today in church, so I don't really want to, I'm not really going to talk about how bad, I'm going to talk about how good it gets, how it gets worse before it gets better, and that's all I'm going to say. But what Jesus' thing is, is unless the time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. So... It's like we're going to have this massive time of chaos where it's survival of the fittest. But what Jesus is saying, there's nobody fit enough to survive it. However, it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. So somewhere in there we always miss that it's going to be shortened because of God's chosen ones. So here's what's really interesting. He's shortening this because of God's chosen ones. And he's not just shortening for God's chosen ones. He's shortening it for all for the sake of God's chosen ones. So it's because of God's chosen ones, this calamity period is shortened for all people. So your influence as a follower of Jesus has good influence for even those that aren't a follower of Jesus. And he says, see, I've warned you ahead of time. So if someone tells you, look, there's the Messiah, don't bother and mess with it. You know better, okay? Because here's here's something I really wanted to show, point out that I think we we get hung up on. Immediately... You know, here's some of the signs that, <coughs> excuse me, that the Messiah is coming. Man, that was rough, wasn't it? Immediately after those days, the days of calamity, right? The sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And that's the last sign that the Son of Man is coming. Okay, so like all the 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 radical Jesus followers, the ones that are trying to predict today, the ones that are trying to to say the second coming is near, the ones that is trying to say he's you know this is the year he's coming. We look at that and we we say, all right, all this stuff is happening, all this stuff is happening. Okay, okay, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. But here's what I want to point out to you and I, I'm not trying to make light of anything all right I like I said I I do believe I do believe I do believe I do believe in the rapture okay but I also was on duty the day of 9-11 in 2001 
And here's what I want to tell you. The sun was darkened that day, and the moon gave off no light that day, and it was like the stars were falling from the sky when those planes hit the Twin Towers. And the powers of heaven were shaken. Yes, the powers of heaven were shaken. Those buildings that reached to the heavens were shaken. Are you tracking with me? Here's what I want to tell you. Any one of us that is going to be called to heaven or to stand before Jesus right before the second coming of our time, and I'm not saying the rapture, and I'll allude to this even more here in a second, Right before that time happens, the sun gets dark, the moon gives no light, and the powers of heaven shake because our earthly bodies are going to give up. Are you checking with me? I mean, come on. See, Jesus speaks more than superficially. So while he may be speaking of rapture, rapture time here, he's also speaking of what could be at any given moment. Why do you say that? Because he says in the next few verses, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the son himself. Only the father knows. So he's saying, I don't even know when this is going to happen. So stop trying to pin it to a day. Just know that when I come for you, it's going to be after it gets dark. What happens when people die? It gets dark. <laughs> come on. I've seen a lot of death in my old job. You see a lot of death as a pastor too. Not as much, but as I have. And if people die with their eyes open, the first thing we do is go shut their lids, just pull their eyelids down. I mean, come on. And here's where, here's where I think we get sidetracked, especially people that live during the whole Left Behind movie th thrill. We see that left behind and we think, okay, but here's the thing. This here's scripture. This is in the this is the scripture, man. This is in the Bible. You can look at any version and it, it this this is what it says. Jesus is speaking, this is a red letter. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other one left. Two women will be grinding flour on at the mill, one will be taken, the other and left. So you too must keep watch. You don't know what day your Lord is coming. That's the key. It says one will be taken, the other one left. Nowhere does it say left behind. It just says one will be taken and one will be left. Let me tell you, on that day on 9-11-2001, there were a lot of EMS workers taken and a lot of us were left. 
there were a lot of family members taken and the other family members left. There were a lot of people taken that day when the sun was darkened and the moon was given no light and the stars were falling from the sky and the powers of heaven were shaken. And there were a lot left. The second coming happened that day for a lot of people. Where Jesus came back for a lot of people that day. Now, where did they go? That's not for me to decide. But what Jesus is trying to tell us is you got to be ready because you don't know when that's going to happen. Because in chapter 25, he talks about more about being ready. He talks about the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And if you're not ready and he comes and gets you and, you don't, and you're not ready, then he, you'll be left locked out, right? And he says when you're getting in the prepared state, you need to go make more disciples. You need to go make more in the parable of the three servants. Because if he gives you a blessing, you need to steward that blessing and bless others with the blessing so more people will know. And if you don't do anything with it, like if you sit on all the blessings that God has given you, then he's likely not going to do anything with you. That's in the parable of the three servants in Matthew 25. Because on the final judgment, if he finds out that you did nothing to help others find the kingdom, he's going to come and he's going to separate us all out like sheep and goats. And here's the really interesting thing. He puts the sheep on the right hand, the goat on the left. And, you know, the sheep are what we always use for what we're always using in the, the sacrifices. They always had to be the the great, you know, unblemished, firstborn, perfect sheep. He's the paschal lamb. So they're on the right hand, you know. The goats you think of as, you know, second choice, not so great. And, you know, they used a goat back in the Old Testament to be the uh, scapegoat, the one they would put all the sins metaphorically on to the goat and then put it out in the wilderness and let it wander, take the sins of the people out once a year. So he puts that on the left, right? So you got to think the right is right. <laughs> and he tells them, look, man, if you're not helping others, giving them a drink when they're thirsty, giving them a coat when they're cold, giving them what they need to survive. And, and you know, so many times we take this literal. We think we got to go out and and literally spend our last moment with the, the homeless and stuff like that. And that's not a bad thing either. But if we take this to heart and we see anybody that needs a witness. Can I get a witness? That's what he's saying, man. Be a witness. If just a cup of water, you hold the cup of water. You are supposed to, you and me as followers of Jesus Christ, we are supposed to be filled with the living water. If we can just breathe some living water into somebody and give them that as a witness of Christ and 
take the moment to pray with somebody or something anywhere, any place. You know, my wife, I, I might have told this story way back early. We were at a Denny's one time, and my wife says, hey, I got I to gotta go to the restroom. And this lady needs a hug. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, I, the Lord just told me to go give this lady a hug. And I said, okay, go do it. And so she follows this lady into the restroom, and she's, she sees her, and she's standing at the mirror, and she's kind of sobbing. And my wife says, the Lord just told me to give you a hug. And the lady welcomed it, and she embraced her, and she says, I don't know what you're going through, but I know the Lord just told me to give you a hug. And she gave her a hug, and the lady was so grateful, and she opened up with her, and she prayed with her, and she's like, the Lord just moved on me like really big right there, and I just had to be obedient. And I'm like, I'm glad you were. That's so awesome. That's what he's talking about in, in Matthew 25. And sometimes we take that so literal and we say, you know, you know, we got to go out to the homeless or we got to go out to the oppressed. And that's not a bad thing either. That's a good thing too. You know, I got a friend that literally makes bags and takes them to the homeless in our area. And, and that's good. That's good too. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that goes deeper than that. Because Jesus never talks superficially. And we got to know that when he speaks, we got to look beyond just what's on top of the paper. We got to look and see what's what he's really saying. Because sometimes people get to a point in their life where calamity is so big. Remember, he just talked about calamity where they're naked and ashamed and we just need to clothe them with the love of Jesus and help them see that he loves them so that they can come into a new beginning with the one and only Jesus Christ. Because what he promises in this is that heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away. So there's good stuff here today, man. The one real thing is, you know, yes, the second coming is coming, but what I learned through a 24-hour shift I had on the helicopter, and I shared this with my Bible class the other day, is that the second coming does not always just mean the rapture. It means he's coming for us at any time, at any place. We all have a second coming and we all have to be ready. That's why he says, just be ready. Because <laughs> the hour is not known, not even the sun knows. And he could come after any one of us at any given time. And that was made so clear to me, that one shift I had on a helicopter where everybody died. Yeah, sounds morbid, right? Well, it was. It, it, it was a rough day. I came home that morning after that shift, and my wife knew immediately something was wrong. And she said, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And she's like, why is that? And I said, because today every, every flight we had, the people died. And one of the things that happened that really got to me was no one had ever died on me. 
in my whole career. And that day, someone died on me. And it was a short flight. It was an eight-minute flight. It was only, you know, we were flying from Danville, Illinois to, to Urbana, Illinois. That's an eight-minute flight. And it was post-cardiac arrest. The person was alive when we left. And I told the family we'd take good care of him. And the person coded like three minutes out from the hospital. And I'm doing chest compressions, pounding hard as I could, saying, you will not die. Because <laughs> I'm not in my nurse was like, she was, a, she was an old ICU nurse. She's like, she's not old, but she was a previous ICU nurse. Nurse was like, why ain't it happens? I said, no, it's never happened to me. And it happened. And I felt so bad. I didn't know how I was going to face the family because when they got there expecting him to be alive, he was going to be deceased and it just messed me up you know and my wife was like the lord's gonna use that to help you see and i'm like yeah he is you're right and she goes and they only call you for when it's bad now because the helicopter is the highest level of pre-hospital care you can get and i was like you're right you're right you're right and the lord used that man because he showed me that this passage of scripture specifically really opened my eyes because he's coming back and we don't know when because one of those one of the ages in that day was an 18 month old baby and another one of those ages was a 15 year old boy who died in a car accident which I had to do surgical airway on and we never got him out of the truck <laughs> never that he was pinned in because it was that serious and then this this man was in his 60s I believe and it was just like and you're like you only had three calls in 24 hours no we had more each call takes over three hours with paperwork and all the stuff we have to do so it was just a hard day, you know, and then you got to deal with all that. But the Lord showed me that he wants to use that. So what I really want us to understand today on the Sabbath day as we go worship is the Lord shortens the calamity because of Jesus followers. And we got to be a Jesus follower for the sake of all those around us because the coming of the Lord is indeed factual but it, what is also factual is when we don't know so the best thing to do is to be ready and make sure we're in a right relationship with our heavenly father and that's through jesus christ our lord is he lord of your life if he's not then what a great day to make him that way because the word of God speaks, and I hope he's speaking to you. Have a great Sabbath. We'll see you tomorrow when we talk about how Jesus makes all this possible in the passion of the Christ. God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my